Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Venture Podcast. Uh, as always, I'm your host. Uh, my name's Dan Wills. I'm the lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska, and uh, it's my pleasure to be able to serve Chandler Acres as a pastor. And uh, speaking of serving, uh, today uh, is Veterans Day, and so I want to recognize uh, any of my listeners um, that are serving or have served in the past in our in our military for the United States of America, I just want to thank you uh, for that service, for the time that you put in, uh, the time away from family and friends and, and just your efforts and, and, and work uh, towards giving the freedom that we have in this wonderful country. And uh, I want to thank you on behalf of Chandler Acres and as well as the people I know that uh, just uh, give it all for uh, the service. So thank you again for, for doing that. Uh, we are in the middle of a series called I Choose, and what we're doing in this series is we're actually looking at the choices that we make, uh, and if we think about it, essentially, what, what are we? We are the sum total of the decisions that we have made, and whatever choices you've made in the past that determines who you are today. The decisions that you're making today determine who you become and what you can do in the future. So we're focusing on four big choices, and last week we talked about choosing purpose over popularity. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to be talking about choosing discipline over regret. Uh, we're all going to experience pain. We could either choose the pain of discipline, or I promise you, we will experience the pain of regret, right? We're going to choose discipline over regret, and today, what I want to do is I want to talk about a big choice that I believe every single one of us will need to make in different areas of our lives, okay? So we are going to choose surrender over control. I want you to say choose surrender over control. Uh, I need some participation of, of kind of thinking, so if you're out there, here's what I want you to do. I'm, I asked this kind of the same question last week, Okay. And I'm, I want to have sim, see, see how many of you can answer it again this week. Is uh, how many of you would say that in some area of your life uh, that you love, uh, you have to be in control? Probably many of you, right? All right. So if that is you, then I want you to take really good notes because the reality is, is you've been driving the rest of us crazy. Okay, you're a control freak, and 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 here's the deal: Jesus can set you free. Okay. But all of us battle with some area of wanting control at work, probably, okay? Some of you, you're like, do, do it my way, my time, and if you do it, don't do it right, I'll do it myself, right? Do, probably many of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you uh, work for that person, and if you can't find that person in any area of your life, guess what? You are that person, okay? In the home, some of you are control freaks. Everything has a place. It has to be done my way. Don't touch that. Leave that there, right? When it comes to mowing, uh, I, I don't know how many of you like to mow. Uh, maybe it's just me, but I love to mow. And when I mow, the lines have to be perfect, okay? And if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you know that they just have to be right. We all got our areas, right? Uh, it could be certain people. You want your kids to do just what you want. If you don't do that, I'm going to ground you until they're 30, right? It could be your spouse. 
And if you don't do this, I'm going to withdraw something special from you, if you know what I'm talking about, right? Or, or I'm going to threaten your whatever it is, okay? We all have our areas we like to control. My wife, um, she's my dream girl. We've been married since high school, love my wife to death, would do anything for her, still will do anything for her. But in the kitchen, I have to tell you, she's crazy, okay? Uh, she's, she's got more rules than, than I can think of. It will, it will make you crazy. Uh, the Pharisees, they have 613 laws. Uh, Jen has more in the kitchen, okay? My wife has more in the kitchen. And I don't care about the kitchen at all. The only thing I want to control in my life is my garage. If you put something in my garage without asking me, I freak out, okay? My garage doesn't even have to be clean. Uh, it could be the messiest thing in the world. Um, you wouldn't think that anybody would notice anything being placed in here. But if you put something in there, it drives me crazy, okay? And so what I want to do today is, is address the big issue. It's fun to make fun of. But the reality is whenever we're trying to control something that's not ours to control, it is a reflection of a really big spiritual problem. What we're trying to do in this one area of our life is we are trying to be like God, okay? I want to control because I know what's best. We're trying to be like God. Well, so what I want to do is I want to look at one of the most often quoted, most popular verses in the Bible. And I'll tell you right now, it's also one of the most difficult ones to live. Okay, even if you've heard this a hundred times, a thousand times, I want you to hear it today as if you're hearing it for the first time. Okay, I want you to just ask God, would you help me truly live out these powerful truths? Okay, and here's where it comes from. It's Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Okay, here's what it says. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Okay, here's the problem. As many of you will see this in your own life, the more that we try to control, the more that we're afraid of losing control. And then the more we're afraid of losing control, the more we try to control. And then the more we try to control, the more we're afraid of losing control. And before long, we enter into the cycle of fear. Essentially, we're edging God out, saying, God, I want to control this. So what I want to do is show you an example from the Old Testament of control gone bad, really, really bad. The problem is when we try to take control and we're not surrendered to God, we rarely ever get it right, okay? And so I want to show you this story about Abram and Sarai. Their names were later changed to Abraham and Sarah. If there's anybody who battled with control issues for their life, it was Abraham and Sarah. One time when, when Abraham was really afraid for their safety, he lied. He took control instead of saying, this is my wife, he said, this is my sister, he tried to control the situation. The biggest example was though when, when they were childless and really wanting more than anything, anything else is a child, okay? And God promised Abraham the most amazing promise. He said, you will be the father of many nations. And to me, that is incredible, right? To, to be the father of many nations. And then what happened? Nothing for quite some time. And Abraham's like, you told me we're going to be parents and nothing's happened. And after month, after month, after month, after month, uh, it goes by, there's nothing. You know, nothing, 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 and nothing for a long, long time. And Sarah did what many of us do. When God's timing was her own, uh, she, she decided to take her control and try to bring about the desired outcome her own way. 
And this is a perfect example of control gone bad. So uh, I'm going to read to you from Genesis 16, okay, 1 through 4, and I want you to listen to what it says. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him to no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. So go sleep with my slave. Perhaps uh, I, can, I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan for 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. You see, God made a promise. God's timing was not consistent with, with their timings. And so they took control and control went bad. Okay. And if you don't know what happened next, let me kind of tell you. Okay. Some of you maybe know part of the story, but you may not know all of the story. It's really mind blowing how this one controlling situation end up impacting people for centuries to come. Okay. So Hagar ended up getting pregnant, right? And Hagar gave birth to a son and they called him Ishmael. Then later, Sarah conceived and gave birth to Isaac, right? And if you look at the lineage of Ishmael and Isaac, it's absolutely stunning. Out of Ishmael, you actually have the Palestinians. And out of Ishmael, you actually have Muhammad. Out of Isaac, you have the Jewish nation, and you also have Christ. So here we are, centuries later, and you still have the tension between the Palestinians and the Jews. And you have the tension between, do we follow Muhammad or do we follow Christ? Why? Well, because control went bad. I want to take control. It's not happening in my timing and in my way. So therefore, I will do what it takes to bring it about. There is a massive, massive, massive spiritual lesson that I hope you will all write down, okay? If you don't remember anything else, please remember this, okay? Never, ever, ever forget, okay? Do not ever forget this. Here it is. Don't ever marry and sleep with a woman named Hagar, okay? <laughs> write that down. Put it in your notes, uh, whatever. This is really big, okay? You've got to hear me on this, okay? Uh, it, it will go bad. Chances are, though, you'll never be tempted with that option, but you will be tempted with something. And I don't know who it is or, or what you're going to be tempted with, but there's someone here, you know, listening that will be tempted to take control when something doesn't go your way. You're maybe a single Christian girl and you want a single Christian guy, but since you can't find a single Christian guy, you'll settle for a guy, right? Just any guy. And he was such a cute smile, and he's just so cute, and I can change him over time. I know he's not a Christian right now, but I, but I know I can change him, right? Maybe it's a financial issue. You're, you're struggling. You've been around the church for, for a while. You actually know you're supposed to put God first, you know, seek him first, and you're supposed to return a tithe unto the Lord as an act of worship, you know, because it's freeing. God blesses you. But, you know, no. That doesn't make sense to me right now. I'm going to take control. I'm going to do it my way. After all, look how good I am. I screwed up my life on my own. I could screw it up more if I do it my way. <laughs> you know, I'm going to take control. Obviously, I'm being facetious, a little sarcastic there. But it could be people at work, right? Hey, I'm trying to delegate this to you, but you're not doing it right, so move out of the way, okay? Is that any of you guys listening, right? You know, it could be that way. What about the helicopter parents, right? Do you know what a helicopter parent is? It's the parents that they're hovering, okay? The helicopter parent. Little Johnny, you, you got a science paper, science paper? Let me do it for you because you have to make an A, right? And I'll, I'll help you get it done, okay? Did someone pick on you? Oh, let me, let me find that kid's mama. That mama's going to get a piece of me, right? 
You're about to go check the mail, Johnny? Okay, well, put on your helmet, wear your knee pads, put on your shoulder pads, put, you know, load it up, right? Right? None of you are like that, right? Overprotective parents got to be in control. Got to control, got to control, got to control. I actually read in the Huffington Post an article, uh, and this was shocking to me, I just could not fathom this, of recent college graduates, okay? College graduates, not high school graduates, college graduates, 8% of them actually bring one of their parents to them in job interviews. No joke, 8%, okay? Just a little tip. If you're ever seeking a job, uh, an interview at Chandler Acres, and and, and I, I'm still the pastor here, uh, leave your mom in the car, okay? I'm just, just throwing it out there. I know she drove you, and that's cool and everything, but leave her in the car, all right? Here's what I want you to do for a moment, okay? I want you to think about the area you're trying to control. Uh, what is it, right? Name it. A person, a thing, a circumstance. And what I want you to do is, is think about that for a moment, okay? And, and, and just truly give it a name. Just, you know, I'll give it the so forth, okay? And then in some form, write it down if you can, okay? Obviously, if you're driving, you know, uh, or ride a bike or whatever, whatever you're doing, uh, don't write it down right this moment. But, you know, maybe take time, put it in your phone or something, okay? And here's what I want you to do. What are you trying to control? Write that down, okay? Are you trying to control your kids? Maybe you're trying to control your grown kids. Maybe you're trying to control your grown kids' kids because they ain't raising your grandbabies right, you know? Trying to control your finances. Trying to control your job future. Trying to control your spouse. You know, don't chew your gum like that. I told you not to chew your gum like that. Anyway, uh, you're trying to control your image. What is it that you're trying to control? Now, if you don't want to write it down, okay, or participate in this, you just prove my point, okay? Just sit back and go, you know what? I ain't doing this stupid illustration, okay? I ain't doing what he says. You just take control, okay? I'm, I'm still going to talk to you, though, okay, because I'm not going to back down. What are we going to do? We're, we're going to ask ourselves, is this something that really is mine to control? Or is this something that I'm supposed to trust the Lord with with all my heart? And lean not on my understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge him, and he will make my path straight, right? I'm going to choose surrender over control. In so many different areas of my, of my life that I'm wrongly trying to control, I'm going to choose surrender over control. So what I want to do is I want to give you three big questions to help you answer this question. When is the right time to choose surrender over control? So I hope you're ready. Because question number one is this, and you're going to ask yourself, is, is it worth my concern? Is it worth my concern? In, in other words, there are many things that many people are really upset about, but it's not completely worth your concern. I'll give you an example from a leadership perspective, okay? Then this will translate into every area of your life, okay? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not doing this to brag or anything. I'm just kind of giving you an overall example as a, a thought pattern from a, from a lead pastor in a church, Okay. Here at Chandler, we currently have 11-plus ministries going all the time. Uh, I, I know we have a few more that I was trying to think of, but I, I just couldn't think of them all when I was putting this together, okay? Uh, and not to mention, we have all kinds of different teams that we have to help run these ministries, okay? And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read off the majority of them, and so you know them, and then we can all be proud of proud of what we're doing and maybe you can think about it from your perspective of your church and and think of those things that are going on in your church okay so here at Chandler we have our worship service right men's and women's ministries bilingual ministries children ministries and within children's ministries we have oh my gosh four or five different types of children's ministries youth ministries same type of thing young adult ministries life groups multiple life groups 
welcome team, a cleaning team, properties team, sound team, praise team, leadership team, stewardship team. We have a safety and security team and, and others, okay? And so we just praise, out, praise the Lord for those things, right? Well, as a leader, let me ask, uh, let me ask uh, this question, okay? Do you think that there are ever things that these ministries do that I would like to change? And as a leader, what do you think? Of course I would, right? Do you think there might be a lot of things? Well, sometimes there might be, okay? When I sit back and think of ministry, sometimes I think I wish that was different. I'd like to do, like for that to be different, or I'd like to change that, and I'd like to change this, and I'd like to, you know, move stuff around, whatever, okay? But what do I do, uh, what do I do is I, I need to do uh, as a leader is I need to be really wise, right? Okay, that's what's expected of me is as a leader, I'm supposed to be this, this wise leader. And so I need to pick my battles carefully. If I come in like, you know, into a group or a team and say, hey, this is bad and this is bad and this is awful, this is wrong, you know, I'm going to demoralize that team. And I'm not going to look at all the great things that are working, Okay. Because oftentimes you need to fix a few things, but, but really you, you need to work on what's working, you know, and put gasoline on the fire that's working and try to get that to burn even brighter. And, you know, like I need to be really, really wise with the things that we do, okay? So this means as a leader, I have a tolerance for some things that are a little bit different than the way I would have them. Okay. As a leader, and you can write this down. It's really important. Um, this one's not a joke. Okay. When, when you're building a, a growing organization, you, you've got a choice. Okay. You can have, you can have control. All right. Or you can have growth, but you can't have both. Okay. I'll say that again. You can have control or you can have growth, but you can't have both. You have to empower people. See in relationships, you can have control or you can have intimacy, but you can't have both. The problem is sometimes we're, we're getting so wigged out, freaked out about the things that really aren't that big of a deal, and, and we're hurting our relationships because it's not that big of a deal. I've asked myself, is this worth my concern? Is this that big of a deal? And if you'll let me meddle into your life for a moment, okay, I, I'm going to get up in some of your, your businesses. Even though uh, you tell me no, I'm still going to do it anyways because we're having fun today, all right? So, for example, is it worth my concern? Is it really worth getting upset, freaked out, wigged out about making uh, everybody miserable because somebody didn't fold the towels right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. You're at home. You think about it in your lifestyle. Uh, suppose you folded the towel long ways instead of short ways or just some weird way. Okay. Is it really worth, worth it? You know, I know some of you think it is. In five years from now, is it really going to matter whether the towels were folded in the long form or the short form? Probably not, right? Another question, is it really going to matter if for one day your child walks out of the house not matching perfectly and their hair doesn't look right? Five years from now, do you really think your child will not get into the right college and one day be living on the streets because, I, because you said not to wear that shirt out in public? Is it really worth the concern? Is it really that big of a deal? Is it really that big of a deal if someone leaves something in your car, some trash in the car? You know, this is, there's Cheerios in my car. You know, I just cleaned it. Is it really that big of a deal? Some of you need to chill out. Okay. Just being honest. Some of you need to chill out. You're driving everybody crazy. Don't elbow a person next to you. If you're sitting next to somebody and say, Hey, are you listening to this guy? Don't do that. Okay. Just look forward. 
pay attention like you don't know what's going on and let it sink into that person, okay? Is it worth your concern? Here's a personal example. When you walk into my house, you come in the front doors, okay? The living room is right in front of us. There's really not a true entryway. It's just open the door and boom, there's our living room, okay? At the, to the right of the door, though, is a place where all our shoes go, okay? And the problem is every single day when we come in, there are shoes everywhere, but in the place where they go, okay? They're everywhere but that, that little mat, okay? They tend to be, a lot of times, my own shoes, okay? Uh, but my son's shoes, my son's boots, are always in the middle of the living room, okay? He, he comes home, takes off his boots, and they stay right there where they are until the next morning when he picks them up, puts them back on, and goes off to work, okay? Now, they're right along the side of a pair of my shoes, typically, okay? And my wife will say all the time is, do we all have to have all of these shoes out here? Because we'll have multiple shoes everywhere, you know? Or can we just put the shoes in the spot where they go? Can we just please put them on the mat? You know, there has to be a solution to this. And as I was writing this and putting this together, and, and I was telling myself this, it got me thinking, my daughter is now married and has no shoes at home. There's no shoes there, okay? My son will be married shortly, okay? He's getting married in uh, uh, actually a little over a month. And pretty soon his won't be there as well either. It's not going to be very long before Jen and I come home one day, my wife and I come home one day, and guess what we are going to miss? I would give anything to have boots or tennis shoes in the middle of the floor because my kids are grown and are going to be out of the house. Now, I might be able to make up for some of that, you know, uh, but here's the deal. Uh, they're going to be grown and out of the house soon, and we're going to miss them. Interesting thing is the things that drives us crazy, right? The things that just absolutely drive us crazy are actually the things that we are going to miss one day. Is it worth my concern? Is it really worth getting upset over this? Ask yourself that because some of you, you're getting upset over the things that really don't matter that much. You're hurting relationships. You're hurting your intimacy. You're driving your kids crazy. Is it worth my concern? The second question we're going to ask is this, is it mine to control? Is it mine to control, right? Is it something that I should do something about? And honestly, sometimes the answer is yes, right? So how many of you know God won't do everything for you? You know, you know that, right? God wants you to do some things for yourself. There's a big difference between surrendering control and relinquishing responsibility, right? For example, if you're messed up financially, you don't just sit around going, okay, God's going to come through for me. No, God's going, hey, I gave you two hands and two feet to, to feed yourself, so go to work. Don't spend much, okay? Spend less than you're making. Get a second job. Do something about it, okay? If your marriage is in trouble, what can you do? You can adjust your heart. You can examine yourself. You can suggest, hey, maybe we should try counseling. We should maybe get in a life group. We need spiritual connection with other believers, okay? If your child is making bad decisions, you want to be available to your child. You want to build a bridge. You want to make sure the lines of communication are open. You want to do what it takes. And so you do what you can do in those situations. If you're a single guy and you want to get married, what do you do? You quit playing Pokemon Go or whatever the most popular app is right now or a video game. And you get a job and you brush your teeth, put on deodorant, okay? There's some things you should do. Ask yourself, quite honestly, is it mine to control? If it is, then you do something about it. If you're not, we're going to ask ourselves the third question. The first one was what? It was worth my, is it worth my concern? The second question is, is it my control? Is it mine to control? And third question is, is it for God alone? 
Is it for God alone? Is this one of those areas that I'm trying to desperately to control, you know, but it's not mine to control? This, this one is for me to surrender to God alone. In fact, I want, you to, I want to read to you from Philippians chapter 4. And these are the words of the Apostle Paul when he was chained to a Roman guard in a house arrest. He's in prison and he writes these amazingly powerful words. Now again, you, you've probably heard this before because we just our last series just really covered this, this piece of scripture. But here's what I want you to do. I want to hear it like God is saying it directly to you in your situation. Maybe hearing it for the first time again. Paul says this, he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, you present your request to God. In every situation, what do you do? By prayer and petition, you present your request to God. Don't ever, ever insult God by saying, well, all we can do now is pray. No, prayer is never a last resort. Prayer is always a first time line of offense, right? What can we do? We can pray. Scripture says we can go boldly before the throne of grace. We have access to God. He hears our prayers. He's a God that says, with me, all things are possible. So what can you do? You can pray. It's our first line of offense, okay? We go before God with what? Paul said, with thanksgiving. Why? Because we want turkey. No, because we know he hears us because he knows he cares, because we know he's working in all things to bring about good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. On this one particular thing, I take prayer to God. I take him to God. I take this to God. I present this to God. Then when that happens, when when we go to God like that, he says this. He says, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So what do we do? When there's something that we can't control, we say, God's, God, this one's actually yours. I present this to you. I trust it to you. I'm trusting in you with all my heart. I'm not leaning on my own understanding. In this particular situation, in all my situations, I'm acknowledging you. I'm submitting to you. I, I am knowing you. I'm praying that you would do something about this. What does God do? God gives you a supernatural peace that goes beyond your ability to understand. Well, how are you doing so good? I don't know. I don't even know, man. I, I look at my circumstances and I should be bad, but I'm not. Why? Well, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm giving it to God because you're, my heart and my mind and my soul is in Christ Jesus. You look at what you're dealing with and you ask yourself, is this for God alone? Maybe you're married and your spouse is making bad decisions and you ask yourself, can I change my spouse? And some of you think you can. Well, let me help you out. You can't. You can make your spouse miserable, you can make him crazy, you can drive him away, you can conform their behavior for a little while until they resent you and kick back. You cannot change your spouse. Can God change your spouse? Yes. What is this? My spouse is for God alone. I trust you, God. Can you physically heal your body or the body of someone you love? You know, they've got cancer. Can you go poof and there, there the cancer is gone? Can you do that? You can't do that, right? What can you do, though? You can get chemo, you can get great doctors, you can eat right, you can do all that stuff, but can you heal? No. Can God heal? Of course he can. God, I trust you. Can you control your kid's future? No, you can't. You can threaten them, you can drive them away from you, you can create a wall where there's no trust. Can you control their future? No, you can't. Can God be actively involved in their future, leading them in the right and wise ways? Yes. So what do you do? You do what you can do. You invest in your children. And ultimately you say, God, I trust in the Lord with all your heart, with all my heart. Lean not on my own understanding, okay? Whenever you're doing what we will all do, you say, hey, is this worth my concern? 
A lot of times it's not. So let it fly. Is it mine to control? If it is, you do something about it. If it is not, is this for God alone? Today, there's something that you're trying to control. And I don't know what it is, but you can't. If you try to control it, it's not yours to control. Maybe at this point, at this time, you'll say, you know what? I trust this person to God. I trust this situation to God. When you do that, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds and your soul in Christ Jesus. Whatever it is, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in every way acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Choose surrender over control. Do not be anxious about anything and everything in this particular situation. God, we present it to you. We present this person to you. We petition with thanksgiving, knowing that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts, our minds, and our souls in Christ Jesus. And that is why, God, for your glory and because you are good, we choose surrender over control. Amen. This concludes another episode of Venture Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, We are in the middle of a series called I Choose, Making Wise Decisions. And so that means I hope you will come back for next week as we continue on uh, in another uh, decision-making process of will we decide to choose discipline over regret. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast or Chandler Acres Church, or if you'd like to support this ministry, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.